especially when I was living at Blips and stuff, it really felt like the champagne music scene was a part of my life. Like, really, like it was definitely like just a part of me. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past and present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Keegan Gulick from the band Ghoul Jr. Keegan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So today we're going to be listening to your song, Loose Ends, off the Ghoul Jr. EP. Without further ado, let's listen to the song.
Welcome back. Keegan, my first and favorite question is always to ask, what came first, the lyrics or the music? On this song, it was definitely the music first. And I remember a few of the songs that um, are on the EP are like way older than, than the actual EP. Like I think uh, the EP came out like almost three years ago now, but a couple of the songs on there were songs that I had wrote like beforehand and brought to Google Jr. You know, to turn them into like Google Jr. songs. There was one time our old drummer, Reese DeSantis, who shout out to Reese, he's great. I remember we were just like jamming one time, just you know, both of us on guitar. And I think that was when I first kind of came up with that bridge part with like the picking and stuff like sliding up and down and i remember reese was like oh that's like you know you should hold on to that and use that in something yeah and then sometime later we turned it into a, an actual cool junior song how did you put the words with the music <laughs> almost every song i feel like i kind of write in a little bit of a different way uh, i don't know if i have like a formula yet but i think like for this song and generally how i do it is like if i have like a you know catchy kind of guitar part i may try and like come along like some you know words to that part i can't remember if i just had kind of had like the chorus part written or something like that but just kind of like built from there what i'm curious about is like how did this original concept these this loose the loose ends was that like precipitated by something or did did something happen that you're like oh this i have to put this down is this based on actual events should i say this song i think at the time it's kind of a a love song, but also kind of a breakup song at the same time. And, you know, in the beginning, it's just about like wanting to stay in bed all day with somebody and just hang out with them. But then in the end, it's just like, you know, it doesn't work out and it's just loose ends. I, I don't know whether they're called the first part, the first four lines, like whether they call that like an intro or like kind of the first verse but you know maybe it's just because we're in the middle of covid and and kind of isolated from one another but that just feels like it's this whole circular thing right like where it's just like i wake up and you know i kind of communicate with other people and um and then i go back to bed and then i get up and i do it again and which i mean i think is probably i don't know i think most people find that probably the most frustrating about the current times, you know, is that you're just this on this infinite loop and um, kind of that sense of futility of that infinite loop. And I don't know, was it, so maybe I'm inserting myself here a little bit, but um, is that kind of what you were going for with this? Like you said it was a love song, but I also do feel like it's this kind of sad, um, but what's, what's the kind of, what's the point and like, did I really mean anything? Um, you know, is it all just futile? Is it just this repetitive thing? Well, and that's interesting, too, to think about it, like, in today's times, right, of, like, feeling of futility, I feel like, you know, it's even stronger today, and not just in, you know, just with, like, everything, you know? I find it interesting, yes, I did get a sense that there was, this was talking about a relationship, but also, it wasn't just like this this one-time thing. I feel like if you're going to spend the day with somebody in the morning, being able to sleep in and that kind of thing, it's like more than just having a connection with somebody. It's it's like you instill a certain level of trust. You're like, I'm just going to hang out in bed, you know, unless you sneak off to brush your teeth, they're going to get your bad <laughs> breath and all that too. So, it's, right. it's like this kind of trusting thing. I find it interesting that you use those two verses, I want to say, like, where the words are exactly the same, but I feel like 
because you do one on one side of this instrumental part and one on the other side, after this moment of contemplation or whatever, that all of a sudden the words have taken on a new meaning because it's like, oh, well, oops, it sounded much better. But at the time it sounded, before it sounded great, you know, it's better. Yeah, yeah. I think the reason that this song is my favorite song is just not just like the lyrics but kind of just like the overall like composition of it you know with like the instruments and and everything i think and just how it turned out in general is why it's one of my favorites i think like what i what we were going for and what i was like thinking was i really like the songs that have like a fun more like upbeat tone but at the same time can be kind of like a downer or a little bit of a you know sad song but your earlier comment about being like vulnerable with somebody that much that you're just like yeah let's stay in bed all morning i think that's like kind of why i kind of see it as a love song because it takes a lot of trust and just willingness to be vulnerable with somebody that you're you know we're not even gonna get out of bed or anything just hang out all day you know be gross or whatever so that's why it's not just love song about a one night stand or something like that didn't mean anything but there is more meaning behind it by the second time around with that verse chorus part it does kind of take on a different meaning after kind of bridge part how did you bring it to the band? Like, how did how was that shared? And then how did it get fleshed out with, with other people performing and, or should I say, like, composing and putting in their parts to it? Or did you have it all figured out beforehand? I think when I brought it to the band, it was more just the main guitar part, the chorus part as well. I don't know a whole lot about, like, music, so, like, just to, like, preface that, um, you know, like, and this is how, like, we would always talk about things as a band. It's like, oh, that one part or that other part, <laughs> putting them together. But yeah, so that's kind of how we, like, you know, write and stuff. But for this song, yeah, I think I had some of the, the chorus part at least. And then we just kind of went from there, like, adding in parts. I wanted to put in that picking part at some point in there as, like, a bridge or just something to, like, break it up. Yeah, you know, as we just would, like, kind of jam it and play through it, they got more and more flushed out. Well, and the story of how we recorded, I, you know, I really like too, because we recorded the songs mostly live. There was a couple parts we had to go back and add in a couple of things, I think, but most of the instruments were all recorded just live at Southtown Sound in Springfield, Kyle Noonan. Um, and we were actually doing it at the same day as Black Sheep Fest, because we were playing it that year also. So we showed up to Springfield you know, like really early in the day to start like recording. And then, you know, so we were like trying to get as much done before we actually had to play and then come back and like finish it up, which it's like cool because, you know, the Black Sheep and Southtown and everything were just like all in that same parking lot area. I don't know. It was really weird to be playing these songs over and over all day. And then we go and play it in front of an audience. And it was weird because it's like, we've already played these songs 10 times today, nice. like recording them. And now we're playing them for the audience. I think it's, interesting that you segue from this song into the deadbeat boyfriend which i think is like kind of a, uh is an interesting choice but it, it it works really well what's your favorite line either that you like to sing or the line that you're proud of the fact that you wrote it that kind of thing i really like how the last lines kind of sound just the like loose ends loose ends for you it's not even as much about the lyrics always but just how it sounds in the song and how it all just like kind of comes together at the end. It's just how the lyrics sound like in the context of the whole song. I like the line, you know, should have known better to think your heart was warmer than the weather. Oh, yeah, it's definitely like a winter 
uh, song, I think, when I wrote it. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels very Midwest to me. Do you feel like this song was finally put together when you brought it to the band, or did it like form even more as you worked with the band? Yeah, I think... And I think with all of our songs, like, you know, some of them kind of started. One of them, I think Reese mostly wrote the My Sabella song. And, and he actually sings on that one, too. Um, some people, you know, don't know that. But yeah, Reese is the one that sings on My Sabella. The cool thing about bringing the songs to Ghoul Jr. was that they definitely became more when we brought it to the band and, you know, worked on it together. I just had the initial idea. And then once I brought it to Ghoul Jr., I think it became more of what it could be, which I thought was like really cool. Why is this your favorite song? What made you choose this song as your favorite? It was hard to pick because, you know, we don't have many songs out there on the internet right now. This song, kind of like what I said earlier, is it's just, I think I really love how it turned out, you know, the end product of it. But also, I think it's like one of my most fun songs to play and sing live. You know, I really like the vibe of the song the guitars and instruments i feel like are fun and upbeat but at the same time the lyrics are you know kind of sad i don't know if this makes sense but how i think about it too is the instruments and like the guitars and stuff i try to have it kind of be similar to what the mood of the song is the chords that we use in, in this song just like the way that they sound is this this kind of deep sound but it kind of a complex kind of sound it's not just a typical like power chord and sliding up and down on the neck mm. and having the open e string it's a deep kind of loud sound but it also has those higher notes in it too so it just makes like a really interesting sound and you know i think that's partly why it's my favorite song yeah there's some kind of really neat blending going on with between all the different instruments there's kind of this cool interaction between what the guitar is doing some of the bass lines are doing and there's this kind of weaving and as of course, since this is a podcast, you can see my, <laughs> my hands, all the listeners, right. um, but like this kind of weaving between the different sounds, mm -hmm. it, it takes you on a journey and then it brings you back to square one. And then you're like, oops, well, it's like, none of it's the same, you know, it's the same words, but it's not the same. And I like how we kind of do that again at the end, both of the guitars are kind of doing like opposite things, but they like complement each other, I think really well. It ends on like an upbeat kind of like uplifting kind of note a little bit just with like you know slide like kind of sliding up and like this kind of like triumphant like ending and it rings out and then it you know transitions into deadbeat boyfriend it just kind of has that like kind of uplifting ending even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, 
Keegan, do you have a favorite venue in Champaign-Urbana? Oh, man. That's such a good question. It can be DIY or, yeah. like, I don't know, public, so to speak. I think my favorite venue would have to be Blips and Shits. Just because that was, like, one of the first places I played a DIY show at. And I lived there. And, yeah, just so many good memories, like, associated with it. And now it's called The Birdhouse. And our drummer, Elliot, lives there. They're, they were doing shows and stuff. I do, I do notice that you are uh, talking about Gould Jr. in the present tense. Is there any chance mm-hmm. of a Gould Jr. reunion of some kind? Oh, definitely. I think so. You know, we cool. before COVID, we were working on, you know, we were jamming and stuff every now and then. And we have, you know, a few songs that we've been working on um, or that we, we at least were working on when we were jamming and stuff. Like I'm in Bloomington, so mm-hmm. it's, not, not not too far away that I can't, like, come back every now and then and um, play. But, you know, COVID happening definitely, I think, changed things. I, I hope that as soon as we can do shows again safely and that, you know, that we could definitely come back. How long have you been playing guitar and, and like, singing? Like, what, what got you into this? I and mean, I think this will actually kind of get into how, like, Ghoul Jr. formed as well. I really started you know, playing shows and stuff acoustically, just doing solo stuff. I think I was like 17 or 18. I was really into pop punk and indie music at the time. And I was definitely really passionate about music. So it's always like a dream of mine to like play shows and like be in a band. I'm from Danville, Illinois, which is like kind of a smaller town. And there really isn't like a music scene, or especially like not a DIY music scene really in Danville. So you know, if I ever wanted to go to shows like DIY shows, it'd be in Champaign. My very first show I played was like a local like Danville thing, which is cool. It was just like some like kind of local fest that they had in Danville. But my first like kind of DIY show that I played was I think in Decatur. It was like 217 uh, Strikes Back or, or whatever. It was like Central Illinois bands playing Star Wars themed like thing. I had seen the band Lucid. I don't know. I was just like, I want to, you know, was really looking to like get on a show. And I just like saw this, the show was happening. And I just like DM them and was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm just like a solo artist. Is there any way to hop on this show or anything like that? You know, they were like, Oh, like, you know, it's kind of full, but you could play like in between bands. Like, you know, I was like, sure. That sounds like awesome. Like, you know, I've never done like a DIY show or anything like that before. Um, so I did that, and that was actually where I met Veronica Mullen. She invited me to like play at her house in Champaign, and then I think I started playing shows in Champaign from that point. Was there a favorite time that you played out in the Champaign-Urbana music scene? Was there a favorite show that either you performed at or went to? One of my favorite shows that I played in was um, one time, Ghoul Jr., we were like backing music for champagne ladies amateur wrestling so we were like the band that was playing while claw was performing and that was really cool so that was even though that you know we were kind of just like played a couple ghoul jr songs kind of on a loop without the lyrics and stuff just to like jam so they had like some music going on while they were doing their Mm. wrestling and stuff and you know we kind of had a couple parts where they were like okay like when we do this like you guys should do this and I've never done anything like that before, and, you know, they were just really great. Um, did a great performance, so, yeah, it was really cool. How did Ghoul Jr. form? 
It really started with the band lotto that was done at, I think it was Ghost Planet at the time. It was like three or four years ago now. You know, I just like signed up for the band lotto and I ended up being paired with Veronica, Mullen, and Dylan. Uh, and it kind of worked out because, you know, I was definitely worried like about, oh, like I hope like I can, you know, play well with like the people I get matched with. I'd never played like in a, well, I had played in a band, but never like done shows and stuff. Um, in a full band like that. I was worried about like, oh, like I hope I can get along well with the people I'm matched with and stuff. But yeah, we all knew each other. So I was like, okay, this this works out pretty well. We just kind of started jamming, trying to come up with songs for this band Lotto set. That's where it kind of started. And I think like, you know, we were kind of reaching the point where we needed songs for this thing. And so I had like a couple of songs that I just ideas that I had, like, I think Loose Ends was one of those songs that was, well, we need songs and I have this kind of, you know, acoustic song here that maybe we could turn into like a, a full band song. How did Ghoul Jr. kind of settle on its style or did that just kind of form organically mm. with how everybody was playing? I think we kind of wanted a sound that was a little rough. I was definitely influenced by bands like Pity Sex or Yuck. I really liked that blown out kind of sound with, you know, also kind of like upbeat though. And, but, and they kind of have like, you know, an up, upbeat songs, but kind of sad lyrics at times too, like both Pity Sex and Yuck. So those were like bands that were influencing me when I was like thinking of like, what kind of like music do, do we want to do with this? And I think it, it definitely kind of worked out with just being like a DIY band playing in a basement. It just kind of, it just felt right, I guess, <laughs> you know? And I think, you know, Veronica and I were both like definitely into like, that kind of music too. It was like kind of a mix of like our influences, but also it was kind of organic as well. It's a mix of that. So we played that band lotto show and then, you know, we're just like, let's keep doing this. Like let's, you know, Veronica, I think wanted to be in a band. I really wanted to be in a band. We all wanted to keep it going. So, you know, that's when we got Reese. He wasn't in the original band lotto set, but you know, we brought him in to play drums when we, you know, were officially cool junior. What band in Champaign-Urbana, like, still blows your hair back? Well, I definitely love Nectar. Um, so shout out to Nectar. They're definitely one of my favorite Champaign-Urbana bands. You know, I think back to bands like the Data Waves. You know, every time I saw them, they were amazing. Everyone is, is just, everyone's so talented in the Champagne music scene. And I think that it's just a really cool thing. Is, is there anything that you think that, you know, uh, excluding kind of our COVID crisis that we have right now, is there anything that you think that the Champaign-Urbana music scene could do better? It's a big question, though, for sure. So it's like, this maybe isn't just to do with Champagne specifically, but just like DIY music in general. You know, I've always thought of this, the scene just in general as like being a place that, you know, should try to be progressive and inclusive and in general, like a safe space for, for people and I think like, you know, Champaign-Urbana like is good at that in a lot of ways, but there's always, I think, like room for improvement for sure. I've usually always had a good time at Champagne shows, but then, you know, I kind of was like, well, you know, that may not be everyone's like experience, like at a show, of course. It's just one of those things that it's like, even if you think there isn't a problem, it's always good to like be like aware of, you know, these kinds of like issues of like people feeling safe at shows and you know, making sure that the scene is inclusive. And I think variety in like music and 
all those kinds of things are really important. And I'm not saying that champagne is bad at these things. Like, I think there are a lot of things to be like proud of with the champagne music scene. But that's just like, I guess, you know, if I had to add my two cents to it, you know, some things that I think are always good to keep in mind for a scene. I mean, even if we were like top A stars of being inclusive or creating safe spaces, I feel like there's no ceiling to that. I feel like we always have to be striving to be more inclusive and keep an eye out for each other and, you know, focus on, you know, this is not just, not just my experience, not just my um, way of looking at things. I have to look at it from someone else's perspective. And I think, you know, the more that we attempt to do that and strive to do that, I feel like that, that in itself is good. I feel like Champaign-Urbana does this well I feel like they could always do better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head on that. What do you or what did you really like about the Champaign-Urbana music scene? One of my favorite things about the scene is just the, the community. Some of my best friends are that I met through music and especially when I was living at Blips and stuff, it really felt like the Champagne music scene was a part of my life, like really, like it was definitely like just a part of me. One thing that I think I really appreciate about Champagne and Urbana is just there are, I think, a lot of house shows um, or house venues, at least here in Bloomington, it doesn't seem like there's really that many. And so I think like the culture that Champagne Urbana has of doing these house shows, both like on and off campus, I think is really cool. I guess, you know, I can't speak for every like city, but I, you know, haven't seen as much of that elsewhere. I think it's harder to come by, it seems like. So I think it's really cool that Champaign-Urbana has this thriving DIY music culture. I think one of the reasons that we have such a good thriving culture is because we already have that mass of people that already care. It's like with anything, you know, any space body, should I say, like, you know, a black hole or a sun, the more (laughs) mass that it has, the more that it pulls in more Mm -hmm. mass. By its sheer mass, it just pulls in more more mass and i feel like because of the scene that we have it continues to kind of feed itself and like build are you finding yourself at all in the uh, bloomington music scene because i know that there's some of that there too there was a few it felt really different like i would kind of poke my head around and see what the college what they would have like posted up and that kind of thing so i was at least before covid trying my best to get involved in the you know bloomington scene that was like one of my first goals when I moved here. I was like, okay, I, you know, I need to find out where the shows are at. What's the, what's the DIY scene like here? So one of the first places I went in Bloomington was just like a local record store just to see did they have a list of like shows going on? How could I find out like what's going on? I found out about this mm-hmm. show happening at this like local bar called the Blockhouse. That was really great. It's like definitely this like kind of hole in the wall type bar. Yeah, I saw some really great local bands like at this show. There are some really great like venues here, like the Bishop and the Bluebird. It kind of reminds me of like Canopy Club or like Rose Bowl. COVID nineteen got you down. You looking for some music, some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need: new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, 
ExileMainStreet.com for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Keegan, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Oh, man. Or things. Things. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I'd have to say my favorite non-musical thing right now would have to be my plants. I, I'm definitely into like indoor plants and like house plants and stuff. But that's one of my favorite hobbies right now. And I'd have to say my, my cat is also <laughs> one of my favorite non-musical things now. I just recently adopted a cat, so. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your cat's tail like Jaws style like creeping behind you and like yeah <laughs> i wasn't sure if you were if you saw that <laughs> but <laughs> no it's fine uh so what's your cat's name her name is socks yeah it looks like she has socks how did you get into plants it started when i didn't think that i could really take care of plants i didn't like know much about them and someone gave me a plant that pretty easy to take care of and it grew a lot and it's just i don't know it's kind of both that I really like, you know, as far as like a decorating aspect, having plants, like living plants, uh, like in my room, in my living room and things like that. But it definitely like brightens up my space. And I think too, it's also kind of a mental health thing as well, like having something mm. to take care of and maintain. It's kind of relaxing. And, you know, there is, this is like, you know, partly related to like my my job a little bit but like as an urban planner there are studies that show that having green space and plants and can improve mental health i figure you know it makes sense to have living things in my personal space that you know i can take care of and it just kind of helps me i think find balance a little so do you have a favorite plant of mm, yours yeah i think my favorite plant right now is this plant it's called a chinese evergreen i guess i can show you since we're kind of you know, zooming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like back there, it's like, it's like pink. I really like plants that have a lot of color in them. That's a gorgeous plant, and I'll definitely find that and link it in the in the show notes. Oh, yeah, definitely. You should stop by a uh, plant mode. It seems to make a lot of sense. We spend a lot of our time, shockingly, <laughs> indoors trying to insulate ourselves from nature, but really, I mean, our, our essence, our being is to be connected with nature so it it makes sense i just don't know why i have to always kill plants because uh, <laughs> i wouldn't mind having a plant of some kind but i always seem to do that but i guess i did the next best thing which is move out into the country oh, and yeah. so we, we're surrounded by trees and there's enough yard work to keep me outside <laughs> <laughs> meant to go back to your cat socks how old is socks so she's uh three I adopted her from uh, the local animal shelter actually just a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah, she's been just making herself right at home. She's really great. Have you had a cat before or no? So I've uh, lived with people who have had cats. Um, like when we lived at, when I lived at Blitz, Veronica had, had a cat. I really enjoyed that. And so, you know, when I, now that I live in Bloomington, live at my own place, I was like, I, I just was like, I need a, need a furry, furry friend. Keegan, thank you for being on the show and telling me all about your song, 
loose ends and how Ghoul Jr. got formed and the scene and what we can do to make our scene better and what's so great about our scene. And I uh, appreciate you telling me about the Chinese evergreen that doesn't have <laughs> pine, pine needles at all. Um, I look forward to seeing kind of, you know, Ghoul Jr. come back and, you know, I, I'd like to extend an open invitation if you'll accept it to, uh, to play Svenstock whenever we return to that. Cause that was, that was great to have Ghoul Jr. come out and play Svenstock. Yeah. So, um, as I, as I like to say, thank you just for, for taking the time and being on the show. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I was really glad. I'm glad that some people still think about Ghoul Jr. from time to time. And yeah, I definitely agree. I can't wait for, you know, shows to be a thing again. And, you know, I, you know, I hope that when it comes back, like we can just like play as many shows as possible. This is Keegan from Ghoul Jr. reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. Sound <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>